Today we're going to talk about the prevalence of dissociative identity, not just dissociative identity disorder, but all the dissociative disorders. Right. And the reason that I made that confusion is because it's really difficult to get information. Right. It's it's not unusual to make yeah. those kind of mistakes when you talk about this disorder. Right. Mm -hmm. So dissociative disorders is the broad class, and dissociative identity disorders one of the is more common it is, I guess, the more most common the within one, the family. Right. The most. Um, the most talked about, the most discussed, right, right. Yeah. and the most certainly the most popular um, um, in the media, and maybe even the most controversial at the same time. True, yeah, it really is. Um, and and, and it, it is difficult to talk about the prevalence. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of review an article from uh, the Harvard Review of Psychiatry. Mm -hmm. um, the link is in the show notes that talks about some of the myths associated with dissociative identity disorder. Again, because that's one of the that's really the main one that gets. Um, uh, a lot of uh, attention mm -hmm. and, and focus in, in research and, and in media in general. Mm -hmm. But um, some of the common myths associated with why it's so difficult to talk about the prevalence. Right. Um, that's uh, We talk about the myths, but um, contained in those discussions of the myths mm -hmm. are the diagnostic um, controversies, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, potential errors that you make. Right. Um, but it's what it's what we what concerns us the most mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. we um, have a possibility of making this diagnosis right. and the, the things that we need to be really really cautious about mm -hmm. as we work our way through this differential diagnosis this right. is this is not an easy diagnosis to make by any means right. uh, nor is it an easy diagnosis to treat uh, right. which we'll talk about later in the week right mm -hmm. absolutely so so the link again is in the show notes and so you can you can read the um, article in, in more detail right. uh, but the first myth that is described mm -hmm. is that dissociative identity disorder um, the the um, the diagnosis and, and therefore the prevalence of dissociative identity disorder is influenced uh, by the the myth that it is a fad it's Fad diagnosis, right? Right. So it's um, sort of meaning that it's a um, that it goes through a period where a lot of people are making this diagnosis um, mm -hmm. because it was something in the media, or there was some right. some um, popular um, attention mm -hmm. uh, made to it, mm -hmm. and it so it increased the diagnosis of the disorder. Right. Um, you can you can see that. I mean, we use the term diagnosis of the day, mm -hmm. diagnosis mm -hmm. du jour. Um, diagnosis of the day. The, sometimes these things creep into the culture yeah. and they become popular. And you can imagine a high school class or a college um, dormitory where one of the students might get the idea that uh, he or she has, frequently it's she, um, has uh, this multiple personality mm -hmm. uh, identity disorder and it spreads through the group, right. it spreads through the culture, the subgroup. And people start looking it up and they, oh, I think I have that too, mm -hmm, and maybe mm -hmm. you have it. And, maybe, and you can see how it will spread. Right. And that may have happened recently because we are seeing, we are getting more inquiries mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. this diagnosis. However, we have to remember that this diagnosis was first written about in 1586 right. and again in the 1790s. So it's certainly not a new diagnosis. It has been right. described in the literature for hundreds of years. Um, and so 
it's not a fad diagnosis. Right. It was redefined in 1994, so right. in that sense, there's been a recent um, mm -hmm. revision in mm -hmm. 90, I think it was 94, 97, and 2011, 2005 and 2011. So there have been some revisions along the way, mm -hmm. but it's not a new diagnosis by right. any means. Right, and, and I'm certainly one of the things that would um, kind of suggest that it's a fad, even though it's not, right. it is, uh, of course, the internet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anytime right. someone experiences symptoms that are un unusual to them, or mm -hmm. they feel like they don't, you know, they sort of some of the common things is I don't feel like myself. Right. And, mm -hmm. and as soon as a, a search is done um, on Google or whatever to to look at those symptoms, what would cause that? Mm -hmm. One of the things that could come up is dissociative identity disorder. Right. And and so people will start looking at that, and they will start reading about that. And when they mm -hmm. go talk to their physician. You know, they will certainly present information consistent with the diagnosis. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we've talked many times before about how I, I don't necessarily think that anyone has malicious intent when they do something like that. Right. Right. But, you know, you can certainly present common symptoms mm -hmm. in such a way that they could, um, you know, uh, appear to meet mm -hmm. criteria for any number right. of disorders. Right. And people do that all the time. Sure. I mean, now that now that all this stuff is easily accessible on the internet, uh, they will come in and describe the symptoms that are attached, mm -hmm. that are associated with a certain disorder, because mm -hmm. it's that diagnosis that they're seeking. Usually, right. it's the treat. They want a diagnosis, but sometimes they want right. the treatment, drug or non-drug right. uh, treatment that goes with it. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so that sort of leads us to the second right. um, myth. Mm -hmm. And that is that dissociative identity disorder is primarily diagnosed in North America by dissociative identity disorder experts who overdiagnose the disorder. Yeah, and there were two issues there. One, that it, it's a diagnosis that's most frequently made in North America. Mm -hmm. And the second is, is that it's being overdiagnosed. Right. Let's take the North America issue sure. first. No, this is a diagnosis that's made across, mm -hmm. the, it's around the world. Right. And that, um, in fact, in some cultures, dissociative disorders would be considered demonic possession right okay uh, they just they mm -hmm. see the same characteristics they name it something Call very something different, different okay? right so this is not a disorder that's unique to the United States or to North right. America and in fact one of the um, premier primary um, professional organizations mm -hmm. pods right. is in the UK Okay, so, right. so this is not something that's unique to North America, and we certainly don't have a mm -hmm. monopoly on it. It may be called something different, but it occurs around the world right. in one name or another. Right. Same with mis um, overdiagnosis. So, same with and being diagnosed only by certain, uh, a handful that of only certain people can make the diagnosis or do make the diagnosis. Right. And, mm -hmm. and the, the research suggests that, no, it is diagnosed by many different people, right. a variety of uh, professionals, not just people who are DID mm -hmm. um, experts, uh, but also that it's not as overdiagnosed as one might think. Right, right. The, the data suggests uh, that it's not being overdiagnosed. Right. Is it becoming, and by overdiagnosed we mean applied to the wrong people. I mean, right. the, certainly the, 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 the issue may come up more frequently, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the problem isn't misdiagnosis or overdiagnosis. The problem is people are asking the question more often. Right. I don't think um, professionals are necessarily getting it wrong or right. that we're misdiagnosing right. or not misdiagnosing, overdiagnosing. Right. And I think that part of that 
is because um, it, it's still it's still, still relatively um, uh, relatively unknown. You know, it's relatively we, rare. Yeah, right. A lot yeah. of people don't. It's not like autism. Autism right. is getting a lot of attention from a lot of different places, and so just about every medical professional knows right. something about autism. And once once these disorders make their way into the uh, popular culture, Mainstream. for example, when Michael J. Fox announced that he had Parkinson's, right. people learned about Parkinson's, mm -hmm. people learn about ADHD, people learn about autism, mm -hmm. people learn about this, and this may be a case of this simply entering the popular culture mm -hmm. and therefore becomes more commonly discussed doesn't mean it's being overdiagnosed because right. in fact the data, the epidemiological data, suggests that the 1% has been fairly stable. Right. The 1% prevalence rate has been fairly stable over time. Right, right. Now, that gets us to the third right. myth, mm -hmm. that DID is rare. Mm -hmm. That's um, a myth, that's that a it's myth. rare. Right. right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in fact, based upon the epidemi epidemiological studies, right. it's just about as common as bipolar disorder right. um, and, and schizophrenia and some of the other disorders that we right. don't necessarily consider to be rare. Right. It's about one, sometimes up to even one three percent of the population, depending on the study. Right, and that's true for bipolar disorder. Right. And we tend to think of bipolar disorder as far more common, mm -hmm. and when in fact epidemiologically it isn't. Right, and it's not more common. Right, so. And, and so that does again get us to the point that even bipolar disorder isn't as common, I think, as most people think it is. Exactly. Yeah. So no, not every, not everybody has bipolar disorder. Right. So right. we wouldn't call it rare uh, because it's about as common as many right. of the other conditions that we think about. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, the, the likelihood of, um, you know, presenting with it is still right. um, small. Still small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, the fourth myth is that a DID it's is... Um, one of my favorite words. Go ahead. Iatrogenic. Iatrogenic. Um, that it's an iatrogenic disorder rather than a trauma-based disorder. Right. And the word iatrogenic means that it a, is a disorder that um, is um, brought about by the exam itself. Right. Okay, that, that the medical exam or the treatment or that you go into the office and you're asked certain questions and you say, oh yes, that's what I have. Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. So the cause of the disorder is the medical examination itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, that is not to say that doesn't happen. Good. It's just that that's not what typically happens. I'm that glad that you doesn't explain right. the, 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 life, the, the vast majority of the diagnoses. Mm -hmm. But that concept, the, the whole idea of uh, iatrogenic disorders is common in every, right. every field of medicine, Absolutely. but especially in psychiatry right. and psychology, because it's easy to ask leading questions. It's easy for me as a clinician to assume that a person has this disorder mm -hmm. and I ask those questions to confirm my diagnosis right. or my, my hypotheses. Um, and that's just a professional issue that we have to be careful right. of, that we don't lead patients to a diagnosis. Absolutely. That's not the patient's responsibility, that's our responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, and, and instead, this is a condition that's trauma-based. Right, you know, that's right. The, it is a disorder, um, a set of conditions, mm -hmm. that is that comes about following um, or in response to uh, a significant traumatic experience um, it, or multiple traumatic experiences. And he means significant. Right. I mean, the, the, it takes us 
takes a considerable amount of trauma to move a person to move a person into this direction. Right. Okay. And we're going to talk about we're not that tomorrow. Yeah, we're not talking about incidental trauma. I mean, right. think of all the soldiers who return from wars, or firefighters, or right. first responders, people who are exposed to trauma every day. We're talking about a significant amount of trauma mm -hmm. over time um, that that would lead you to need this sort of protective capacity. Right. Right. Now, the fifth myth is one that we kind of right. alluded to yesterday, and that mm -hmm. was that is the fact that DID is the same thing as uh, by borderline personality disorder. Right. Good grief. Mm -hmm. Um, so, DI, but DID is not the same thing as borderline yeah. personality disorder. This whole area of dissociation mm -hmm. should not be confused with personality disorders. Any of the personality disorders. You'll hear those words, you, you know, you hear mm -hmm. multiple personality disorder or personality disorders. Don't be confused. Mm -hmm. um, dissociative disorders are in a different category, right. and they are because they're trauma-based, right. and because they have some unique characteristics, right. not to be confused with um, the second part of DSM-5, which is the personality disorders. Right, right. yeah. Um, some of the personality disorders can have their roots in trauma, right. but, and you but again, it's very different because that personality is that personality anytime right. and always right. and forever. Right, and it's not unusual to have symptom overlap. Right, you know, that's, sure. But that goes with most diagnoses, right. is you have symptom overlap. Right. And, and the the last myth mm -hmm. mentioned here in the in the Harvard Review of Psychiatry is that DID treatment is harmful to patients. Right. right. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about treatment on Saturday's podcast, mm -hmm. but treatment is challenging. But we wouldn't say that it's harmful. In the right hands. Right. Okay. In the right hands. And when done correctly. Right. If you've if you've never done this before, be careful. Um, if, if you're a professional yeah. and you've never dealt with these disorders because the trauma shouldn't occur in the office right but it might right and, and again that's the clinicians responsibility mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to make sure that this is within your scope of practice don't right. go dabbling in this area right. if you don't know anything about it right um, send the person to somebody who's done this for a while or right. done this with a few cases because um, you could create problems. You, right. you shouldn't, uh, if you're a co if you're competent in this area, mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't add to the trauma or cause the trauma. But um, make sure you have experience absolutely before you dabble here. Absolutely, mm -hmm. it, it is a it is a uh, a bit of a uh, complicated and multi tiered treatment right. uh, approach that's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, again, we're going to talk more about that on Saturday. But it, in the right hands, as you said, it is should not it yeah. would not cause harm to to patients and is unnecessary, um, uh, but there's some things that you have to really think about with the treatment, and again, we're gonna get into that on, on later this week. But don't you agree that anytime you get into a trauma-based, oh, yeah. um, any trauma-based mm -hmm. disorder, you need to be careful about how you manage the, manage that trauma, right. okay, yeah, how you absolutely. talk about it, how much you bring out, how mm -hmm. much the person you feel the person can tolerate. Right. And you can feel people reaching a point where they don't want to take that next right. step and you just have to have the clinical skills to know not to go there absolutely. then take it up another time right. when the patient is ready absolutely mm -hmm. so so for all of those reasons um, talk, thinking about and talking about the prevalence of these disorders mm -hmm. is really difficult because people may not seek treatment they may right. not uh, go to get help for it they mm -hmm. may confuse you know it could be confused with other things sure. um, any of these issues could um, uh, raise complications mm -hmm. when it comes to understanding the true prevalence of, of the disorders, right. but um, but it is 
here. It is, mm -hmm. it is real. It's real. Um, we, we've certainly seen um, uh, handfuls of, of patients uh, with some of these challenges. And um, again, over the course of the, the week, we're going to talk uh, a lot more about some of these issues. Right. But diagnosis and treatment yeah. and other um, problematic aspects of this disorder. Absolutely. So. Mm -hmm. All right. If nothing, it's confusing. <laughs> if nothing else. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. <laughs>